The Fed week started with no progress regarding the walkout in GM, Ford and Stellantis factories in the US, but the Federal Reserve is still expected to revise its growth forecast significantly higher when it meets this week, and that could actually bring some Federal Reserve hawks back to the market. So welcome, this is Swiss Coast Daily Market Talk. So GM, Ford and Stellantis, they all began this week in a bad mood and strikes at the three car makers. US factories actually dampened the overall market sentiment on Monday. The walkout led by United Auto Workers, or UAW, that began last Friday actually saw little but very little progress as the union refused a 21% pay rise offered to its workers. 21%. And Sean Fain, who is now at the helm of the uh, actual movement, said that there is no way he accepts a 20% pay rise because he demands, ladies and gentlemen, a 40% pay rise and 32-hour work week for its workers. Now, yes, the French also uh, work 32 hours per week, but besides them, well, no one, but no one has ever heard of anything like that, really. Not in the other parts of the world, especially not in America. So, what I say is, good luck to both parties in these negotiations. It's not going to be a piece of cake. Now, old GM, Ford and Stellantis shares fell at yesterday's trading session, but they fell less than Tesla did because Tesla dumped more than 3% on Monday. But, but, but Elon Musk is, well, really not being threatened by a historic worker walkout like his competitors do these days. Far, far from that because he is, on the contrary, being begged by world leaders to open Tesla factories in their countries and in the sense while well, Saudi Arabia and Turkey have reportedly joined the crew of demanders of Tesla factories last week. India had done it earlier this year by March, remember. Now, I know that people have very, very mixed feelings regarding Elon Musk and his Tesla cars, but the car is really, really nice to drive and really, really nice to have actually when oil prices are relentlessly headed higher because the barrel of US could actually trade it past the $92 per barrel at yesterday's trading session as Brent could advance past the $95 per barrel level. Now, I believe that we are now approaching a peak in the actual oil rally and we should see a downside correction of at least 5 to 6% from the actual levels, which would then bring the barrel of US crude, for example, to around $86 per barrel level. Yet, yet the damage from the rising oil prices is already being done and is already being seen in inflation numbers and maybe it's not over. And that's what actually led the European Central Bank to announce a dovish hike last week. Remember where the 25 base point hike from the ECB was accompanied by lower economic projections and, well, higher inflation forecasts as well. Now, this week, we will certainly see a hawkish pose from the Federal Reserve in the US with the Fed actually expected 
needed to revise its growth expectations significantly higher. And that's obviously on the back of his resilient consumer spending in the US, which leads to resilient growth numbers as well. Now, the looming talk of another potential government shutdown in the US, then the student loan repayments, which are going to hit from October, and the UAW strikes will certainly have a negative impact on growth numbers for the US. So we all imagine that. But the US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen still, she still defends the scenario of a soft landing for the US as labor market is still healthy, industrial output is rising, and inflation is coming down, she says. Well, she is kind of optimistic. That's kind of her job as well. And I'm much less, and that's also my job. So despite the latest softness that we saw in the latest jobs data from the US, the US inflation figures last week did surprise to the upside. And it said that a major part of this inflation that we have seen since last summer peaks was well, due to uh, the post-COVID supply issues that are mostly being resolved. So that obviously led to some higher supply and hands to slower price growth. But it is also said that this higher supply dynamics could be, well, coming to an end and the COVID effects will be just waning very soon. Then oil prices are rising as well. And if all the U.S. consumer spending doesn't slow, well, the Federal Reserve will actually have to continue its journey north in terms of, well, its rate hikes and we will see where it goes. So what's more important this week, actually, than what the Federal Reserve will or should do is the Fed's so-called dot plot and the revised growth and inflation forecast from the Fed. Now, we know that an interest rate hike ain't happening tomorrow uh, in the US, but we can't really tell with the same certainty what the FOMC's November meeting will hold. Now, for now, the no November rate hike expectations are actually gaining some good traction, and I personally find it very, very surprising because, well, last week's inflation numbers were actually, you know, up, and the sales data was, well, surprisingly strong yet again. I don't think that Jerome Powell will cry victory when he talks tomorrow and drop the possibility of another interest rate hike in the US before this year ends. And I also don't expect actually to see the Fed dots on the Fed's dot plots showing no rate hike before the end of this year in the US either. So I believe that we could easily but easily see the market shifting toward a more hawkish place in terms of their Federal Reserve expectations compared to where the week started. Now note that the US two-year yields are almost 50 basis points below the top end of the range for Fed funds. And Bloomberg economists actually write and think that they have a long way to rise just to fit the usual pattern. So the usual pattern of Fed concluding the interest rate hikes when the US two-year yield is at and or above the Fed funds rate. So if the Fed is done, uh, well, we should see these rates coming higher and even more so if the Fed hikes one last time. So the risk in the US two-year papers are tilted to the upside. The US dollar index tested the important 38.2% Fibonacci resistance level last week, especially, especially after the euro sold off following the European Central Bank's, well, dovish rate hike. And this week could be the week to, you know, finally push that US 
US dollar index into the medium term bullish consolidation zone above that critical Fibonacci resistance. The Fed officials start their two-day monetary policy meeting today and well, the Fed decision will fall tomorrow. And until then, well, we just must be a little bit patient and well, wait and see and maybe look somewhere else to see if we could well, find anything catchy elsewhere. In this respect, the Canadian inflation update is due this afternoon and the British inflation update is due tomorrow morning. So both could actually further feel the fears around the world of inflation not easing due to, well, rising oil prices around the world. Although it's quite important to note still that, on a side note, inflation expectations in the US did fall to the lowest levels in more than two years. Well, that's quite weird. Now, anyway, if the Fed is not expected, not even a little bit, to hike the interest rates this week, well, the Bank of England is very well expected to hike its own bank rate by a final 25 basis point on Thursday. And as we saw about last week, it's very, very much possible that a hawk pose from the Federal Reserve propels the US dollar higher, while a dovish hike from the Bank of England well, has the opposite impact on sterling. Now, cable slid below its 200-day moving average last week, and the pair is now back into a long-term bearish trend. In Japan, well, not much is expected to change this week. Warnings from well, Japanese officials that a further sell-off in the Japanese yen would spark a direct effects intervention slowed down the sell-off last week, but 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 it didn't really reverse it. The dollar yen is still trading just below the 148 level today, with sure a limited upside potential, but of course as well a good good downside potential moving forward. But that downside potential in the dollar yen must be unlocked by a reasonably hawkish. Bank of Japan, and I really don't see that coming this week. But maybe I'm wrong. So this is all for today. I'm Ipeko Skardeshke, and thank you for joining me, and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful, and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions, and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X, and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow and until then, good day trading.